Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Pioneer's Path, week three. Well, I did. I was not able to be with you last week, but I was able to watch you um, live um, in Haiti. Well, actually, I watched it after the fact, but Pastor Richie, didn't he do a great job? Where is that? Pastor Richie, there you are. Thank you, Pastor Richie, for bringing us God's Word. Did an excellent job and uh, really set the stage for today's message. You see, realize what Richie was talking about yet last week was understanding that even though we have a call, that call calls us to action. That we have to do, determine that after God speaks to us, we've got to do something with what He has spoken to us. I've been watching some of your comments on Facebook, and some of you have been really taking that to heart, and you should, because this is what God is speaking to us. The message today, though, is why persistence precedes the promise. Why persistence precedes the promise. So God spoke to Moses in this burning bush. Then Moses had to go to Pharaoh and say, hey, uh, all of these uh, Hebrew people that are now in slavery, um, I want you to let them go. Now, of course, that can seem like, why would I let all my free labor go? But God spoke it. See, God spoke that he had a promise for the children of Israel, but it would take persistence for them to accomplish the promise. And for us today... I think in the U.S. we have gotten a little weak. We don't like difficulty. We don't like being told no. After all, the millennial generation, you guys got a trophy for everything. You were told that you were the best at everything and that you could do anything in the world. Now, I believe we can do all things through Christ Jesus, but you never had the opportunity to endure some hardships. Maybe, maybe, but not like the rest of the world. So when it comes time to understanding how do we persist, I wonder if we give up too soon. I wonder if we hit a few roadblocks and then we say, ah, that couldn't have been God. Look, how it didn't work. It was too hard. Persistence. Uh, This is great. It took a thousand failures, some would say, for Thomas Edison to develop the light bulb, to create the light bulb. Talk about a pioneer. Today, we get to be in light because of Thomas Edison. When a reporter asked Thomas Edison, what does it feel like to have a thousand failures? And Thomas Edison replied to the reporter, it wasn't a thousand failures. It was a light bulb that had a thousand steps to complete. See, sometimes it's a perspective. Sometimes we have to look at things as not failures, but really they are stepping stones to accomplishing something more, something greater. See, what if we're looking at obstacles all in the wrong way? What if we're looking at obstacles in the wrong way? What if the resistance that we face are actually steps along the way and they're not obstacles in the way? Oh, let me say that again. What if resistance is actually steps along the way and not obstacles in the way? What if it's the very thing that allows you to step to the next level to accomplish the things that God has purposed in your life, to accomplish the promise 
to arrive at the promise that he has for you. And I'm concerned that we face a little obstacle, a little difficulty, and then we shrink back and we stop going for it. Church, the season is now. The time is now. The voice of God is calling us. And it is time not to shrink back, but it is a time to move forward with boldness, with strength, with courage. The opposite of courage is discouragement. It's the lack of courage. When you feel discouraged, all it means is you no longer are functioning with courage. Rise up, church. It's time to have courage to go after those things that God has spoken to you. If you have your Bibles, turn to me, uh, with me to Exodus. Exodus chapter 8, 9, 10. I'm just going to look at a few of these things. At the end of every plague of these chapters... The interesting thing, we start reading that it says Pharaoh's, Pharaoh hardened his heart after each plague and then resisted Moses when he went to Pharaoh and he said, let my people go. And his heart was hardened and he says, no. How many times did Moses get rejected in the process of following God's will? Ten times. How many times would you get rejected? Would you start saying, oh, did I really hear from God? Did I, did I really, or did I miss it? Moses rejected 10 times. The interesting thing though, the first four times, the Bible says that Pharaoh hardened his heart. And you can follow this along here. If you look at chapter uh, six, for example, Well, actually, it's not right where it is. Chapter 8, the different, where the different plagues is, are, are located. And so let's say, for example, in 8 verse 19, but Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he would not listen to them. Now, we can either say he hardened his heart or God hardened his heart, but there's a place where it says Pharaoh chose to harden his heart. The first four times, it says Pharaoh hardened his heart. But after that... Each, after each plague, the interesting thing is shifts now and the, the writer of, of Exodus now says, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. This is very confusing for some. Look at um, chapter 9, verse 12. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh and he did not listen to them. The Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Isn't that confusing? If God wanted to deliver his people, why would he then harden Pharaoh's heart to prevent the people from being released? Because I wonder if the steps to the promise and the obstacles along the way are not really obstacles, they're opportunities to grow into what God has for them. See, I wonder if those, every single time that Pharaoh said no, that he was doing something in Moses' life and preparing the people for something. But today we look at obstacles and we look at challenges and we look at difficulty as somehow, oh, uh, that's not God. God couldn't possibly put me in a situation where it's difficult or where it's hard. But what if he's trying to create 
opportunities with those obstacles. And maybe that's the path. That's the road less traveled. And I think that's why that road is so narrow. And I think why people go to the broad road is because they want an easy life. They are not willing to do the hard things. They're not willing to face the rejection. They're not willing to be told no. Now, salespeople, on the other hand, they understand this. They understand it really well. They understand that they've got to get seven no's to get to the one yes. So salespeople are able to go, hey, guess what? All the no means is I'm closer to the yes. But how many people stop at 999 because of discouragement and says, ah, I've tried this. 800 times. I've tried this 900 times. I've tried this 950 times, 951 times. But thank you, Thomas Edison, you didn't give up. And who's wanting to thank you for not giving up? Who is following you? Who is following, looking to you to not give up, to keep pressing in and keep praying for your kids, keep praying for your husband, to keep going after it? Or do you get discouraged because your boss says no? Do you get discouraged when that, that opportunity for that promotion comes in? It's like, I didn't get it. Uh, I'm a failure. But what if the no is actually a step along the way to the promise? But it requires persistence. The persistence precedes the promise. Let's turn, Jesus talks about this actually in Luke chapter 18. Let's turn to Luke chapter 18 together. I'll wait for you to get there. Let me do this for a moment. I haven't done this in a while. How many people brought your Bibles? Lift them up. And if it is a device, that's fine. Lift it up too. Excellent. Okay. Let's turn there together. Bibles are good. We like the Bibles, the Word of God. It is the foundation of our life. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through 8. This is Jesus talking in a parable, which is he's telling a story to make a point. It says this, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, I thought I neither fear God nor respect man, but yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will, not the God give, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? He will delay long over them, question mark. I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Okay, so Jesus is telling you this story. Okay, so this unjust judge... In other words, saying, if people in the world would act this way, like the persistent widow who keeps coming and wore down that judge, and the judge says, oh, I better give her justice. I'm tired of her keeping coming to me. They're saying, how much more will the Son of God, or how much more will God 
give justice or respond to the requests of those who come to him. But it also says for those who are praying day and night. See, I think we give up too easily. We just give one request. It's like, well, that's it. But God is saying, no, press in, press in, press in. Persist. Persist. Do you need to persist in your marriage? See, the promise is that God has a design for humanity, that husband and wife, man and woman, and if they get married, that they're committed for life. And guess what? Marriage can be difficult. I've been married, I'll be 25 years this year. And I have to say, as much as I love Audra, there have been some difficult times, and probably most of them have been my fault. <laughs> but guess what? We are committed to find the promise of what a healthy marriage looks like. That means we've got to work at it. We've got to persist. And it means we don't give up and we don't use the D word. Parents, when your kids are wearing you down and you're exhausted and you say, do I even bother disciplining them anymore? But you want the promise of obedient kids that will be a blessing to you and your family, then you need to persist doing the right thing, even when it's the road less traveled. Oh, just turn on the TV and let the TV teach them. Cricket, cricket, cricket. <laughs> Persistence. You see, we have these promises in our life, but are we willing to persist to see the promise? Moses rejected 10 times to finally get released and we'll go on the rest of the story. Then they're in the desert for a while. They cross the Red Sea and, and they start listening to the wrong voices. We'll be talking about that. What voices do we listen to on this pioneer's path? But it was to start this journey to accomplish the promise is you had, he was rejected 10 times. You imagine that to start the journey, you're rejected 10 times. Church, when you share your faith with somebody and somebody says, no, I'm all set, does that close you up for the rest of your life to ever share your faith again? Persistence, persistence. You see, I love this last verse though. It says, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? How does persistence and faith come together. It's really important that we understand what faith is. Because the scripture says in Hebrews 1.6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if it's impossible to please God without faith, we probably should know what faith is, right? That was a question that was looking for a response. Okay. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we should probably know what faith is, right? Yes. All right. You're with me. Good. So faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's a biblical definition of he from Hebrews 1. But faith is complete trust or confidence in someone, believing that it is true, trusting God that what he says is true. 
See, I don't know if Moses would have been able to endure all the rejection and the no, 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 if he first didn't have the word of God who told him what he was to do. You see, we need to live our lives in a place of not just persistence, because guess what? We can persist all we want and we can strengthen ourselves by our own will, but it won't produce anything for the kingdom of God. The persistence that I'm talking about is responding to the voice of God and to the will of God, which comes from his voice, which comes from the word of God. If, you don't, if you're not in the word of God, you won't know what he's telling you. If you don't ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit, your spiritual ears won't be enlightened to hear what God is speaking to you. And then you won't, you'll be starting to do things and to say, well, I got to persist. You got to persist. Well, the faith of persistence has to do with first hearing the voice of God. You have to press in and hear what God is speaking to you. That is going to give you the faith to persist. Otherwise, you will get discouraged because you'll just be trying to do it on your own. So faith is really important to trust the one who spoke to you. I guess my question is, is God speaking? Well, I know God's speaking, but are you listening? I'll tell you, the season that we are in is a season where people are so hungry for God. They're so thirsty for truth. They're waiting for somebody to have the courage to say, can I tell you? But are we afraid? Have we been rejected before? Have we shrunk back? Have we said it's too difficult, it's too uncomfortable, but wait a second, you're on the pioneer's path. Guess what? It's going to be uncomfortable. Guess what? It's going to be a challenge. And guess what? You will be rejected. Join the club. (laughs) Aren't you excited that you're going to be rejected and it's going to be difficult? Well, our flesh doesn't like that too much. We're like, no, I just want to go home and watch the Patriots today. Go Patriots! I know you like the Patriots. You know, it is comfortable doing that, and it's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, guess what? It's fun. It's, it's great. But, but if all we do is live for the Patriots, we're not living for Jesus, and the Patriots will probably let you down at some point. I'm just saying. Oh, man, those are fighting words. Dear Lord Jesus, please forgive me for saying such horrible things. Okay, when the Patriots win the Super Bowl and you're all excited, it will never compare to the excitement of bringing somebody to Christ. Okay, okay, I'm just saying. It will never reach the same level of excitement because we're talking about somebody's life for eternity as opposed to they won this year yay patriots (laughs) you can tell I'm not a huge football fan you used to love your pastor now I've just revealed something and you're judging me oh I thought we'd grown beyond that, church. All right. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
So persistent faith can press through the hard times because God has spoken it. Church, listen to the voice of God. Press in to hear his voice. And then when he speaks it, he will give you the strength to endure the hardships and the rejection and the no. But you have to understand the no has a purpose for you. It's not how can I just endure the no. You have to understand the no is a step closer to the greater yes. And when he says no, whoever says no, or whenever you face a difficulty, it's actually a step that gets you closer to the promise. It's not an obstacle in the way, it's a step along the way. How can you get on top of the mountain if you don't step on the obstacles, which are the rocks that get you to the higher elevation? You see, we want easy street. We want the coast down the highway. But that's not going to get you to where the promise is. It won't. It doesn't. God has put a task in front of you and me today and this week and this month that is going to require persistent faith. He's going to ask you to endure in your marriage. He's going to ask you to persist in your parenting. He's going to ask you to persist in your relationship with God. He's going to ask you to persist in being aware and open and obedient to sharing Jesus with your friends. But John 16, this is the encouraging part of this message. In this world, you will have tribulation. Take heart. I have overcome the world. There's the good news. In this world, you will have tribulation. You will have difficulty. Take heart. It's going to be okay. Jesus has overcome the world. That word overcoming means he has stepped above and taken hold of he has placed his feet above, not below. He has taken hold of. He has overcome. He has risen above. And he's saying, you can do this too. Because of who Jesus is in your life. See, on the other side of persistence is God's promise. The worship team wants to come at this time. On the other side of persistence is God's promise. So don't give up. Don't give in. Don't lie down. Don't throw in the towel. Don't stop dreaming. Don't listen to no. Don't stop, stop fighting. Persist. Because on the other side of persistence is the promise. We want the promise. I know we do. We want the promise. We want all that God has for us, but... The promise typically does not come by poof, here it is. 
The promise most often comes by persistent faith that allows you to step on every single obstacle and look at it as the opportunity of God doing something great in your life. You will not get to where the promise is or you will not be ready to receive the promise if you haven't gone through the persistence. I do wonder if the persistent faith that how we have to endure, how we have to go through difficulty, if it has something to do with him developing us in the process. Because when we get the promise and we don't have the character to hold the promise, guess what? That promise becomes a destruction to us. So instead of looking at, oh man, 999 failures, you look at, no, it took 999 steps to develop the light bulb. It took 999 steps to accomplish the promise that God has for me. And every step along the way was a part of developing who you are and the character and the integrity and developing you so that you can be ready to receive the promise. God has such great things in store for us. I'm going to share something with you because um, I wasn't going to share this. Actually, I didn't even have it in my notes. And I'm always one to talk about the positive. I've always been one to talk about, um, you know, just God's faithfulness because he is faithful. But I think sometimes we, we look at our circumstances around us and yes, you could get discouraged. And remember what I said, discouragement is actually the lack of courage. So I don't know if it's because everybody's credit card bills are due now, but the last two weeks, our giving has not been good. And our council's worked really hard to set a conservative budget. And, and as of, I don't know what today's giving is going to be, but, but two weeks into the month, and I was like, whew, how are we going to make that up? And then God just kind of reminded me, he's like, hello, duh, I'm the one building the church, not you. Okay, I know that one, God, thank you for that reminder. And he says, why are you so concerned about that? Well, God, I feel like this weight of responsibility to care for the, you know, making sure that the lights stay on, make sure we can keep our staff paid, make sure we can keep on mission for what you've entrusted for us, make sure we keep paying our missionaries, make sure we keep all this, God. Yeah. But if you never had a challenge along the way, how would you be ready when I gave the promise that this place would be so filled with people? He gave that promise, remember? That this place would be so filled with people. But if we can't trust him with what he's given us, if we can't trust him in the difficult times, if we can't trust him when, when things are a little bit like, oh, how's that going to happen? How's that going to work? Then am I a person of faith? You see, faith follows the voice of God. If God says, I'm going to build his church, and by the way, if he says he's going to bring the increase, and by the way, he says he's going to care for us, then, then why do I need to get too concerned? And then also, then why do I not look at that as a stepping stone 
closer to the promise that God has for us, which by the way, I want the promise for us is to be debt-free as a church. We're so close. The youth, the youth center only has like $6,000 left on it. It's done. We burn up that, that uh, thing. This building, 500 some thousand, it used to be over a million. Yeah, we're making progress. But when the Bible says, oh, no man, anything except the debt of love, I want to, that's the promise I want to go after. And so even though I start saying, oh God, how are we going to do this? We want to be aggressive, pay down debt. We want to, but we got to at least care for the building and keep the lights on. God just said, I'm just giving you an opportunity to live out your message. <laughs> Isn't that the way it is, though? So take courage. Take courage. Don't look at the rock that's on your path as a stumbling stone. Look at it as a stepping stone. The stepping stone that gets you higher and higher and closer to the promise. It's all about perspective. So this morning, I want us to change our perspective to be people of faith, to begin to start seeing God the way He wants us to see Him. He's good, He's faithful. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He's a good father who will provide for us. Why do we need to be concerned of the obstacles when they're really opportunities to grow and develop us? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for speaking those words to us today that along this pioneer's path that we realize that we must persist to find the promise. Let us not lose heart. Let us not give up. Let us not give in. Let us not turn back. But let us press forward. Let us press forward. Well, everybody's eyes are still closed. If there's anybody here who says, you know, I've never given my life to Jesus before and I find myself here today and I, I would like to be on this journey, understanding God my Father, understanding who Jesus my Savior is, understanding how the Holy Spirit wants to empower me. If that's you today and you want to receive Jesus into your life, to start that relationship with him, would you just slip up your hand? Well, everybody's heads are down. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Anybody over here on this side? Just look at me. If you raise your hand, just look at me over here. Okay, this section. Okay. So for those who raised your hand, just pray this prayer uh, under your breath with me. Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for my sins. Thank you for dying for me, but you didn't stay dead. You conquered death by rising up from the grave. Thank you for being my savior. Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of my life, meaning I want to put you above all things in my life. I want to follow you, Jesus. I'm not perfect, but I want to continue every day seeking after you, pursuing you, 
The scripture says that when we give our life to Christ, that we are actually a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. That you're born again. And so you are going to feel something different. You should feel something different in your life today. Lord, the, the scripture also says that when somebody gives their life to Christ, the angels in heaven are celebrating. They're throwing a party. So thank you, Father, for those four hands that raised today. There's a party in heaven. So Lord, I just pray that we would be people of courage, that we would go on this pioneer's path looking at these obstacles as opportunities, looking at these stones as not stumbling stones, but stepping stones. So Father, help us to be overcomers, not giver-uppers. If there's such a word, Lord. Help us to press forward. Let us hear your voice to pursue your promise. In Jesus' name, amen. I do want to say for those who gave your life to the Lord, yes, give a big Lord a clap. That's fine. Those who gave, yourself, who gave your life to the Lord, please fill out the card. There's a card there and just say, I gave my life to Christ. And we want to follow up with you and make sure you have a Bible and resources uh, to help you along your journey. I want to say thank you, church, for taking the challenge of pursuing God's call for us as a church. It's not easy, but I guarantee you the other side of it is a party. It's a party in heaven, but it's a party here on earth because the kingdom of God is going to expand because of you. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 